0: Hi, you guys. Welcome to Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Boltz, and I started this podcast because I believe that our stories are what connect us, especially the darkest parts of them. The times in my life where I felt the most seen and connected are within those moments of truth speaking and vulnerability. I'm not here to bring you big names, you guys. I'm here to bring you huge topics. And now it's time for us to dig through the mud together. Let's go. This week's episode is sponsored by Honeysuckle in Mud, mine and my husband's beautiful homegrown business. Honeysuckle in Mud is a lifestyle company inviting awareness to the beauty in people, aesthetics, and experiences through retreats, workshops, and inspired products. We recently launched a new product called Nature Soak. Awaken the roots of your truest self with Nature Soak's botanically enhanced Epsom salts. By adding just a scoop or two of these simple salts to your bath, you create an intentional ritual that will naturally leave you feeling more deeply connected to who you are. To receive 15% off, please enter the code MUDLARK at checkout. Visit our website, honeysuckleandmud.com, to explore all of our products, and this will all be linked in the show notes. Hello, you beautiful human beings. Welcome back to the show. It's me, Danny. this is your first time here, welcome, and if this is your 34th time here, welcome back. Welcome back to Mudlark. I am dying to share today's guest with you. Today I'm sharing Lauren Farrell, one of my best friends in the entire world. As I said in the show notes, this was one of my favorite episodes to record. We did so uh, over at her house in Star, Idaho about a month and a half ago when everything was normal, (laughs) Normal normal-ish. And it's just one of those things, you guys, with this kind of like shelter in place and not being able to be around people like we do. I just can't imagine ever taking it for granted again. Like I can't imagine sitting with Lauren again and not soaking in it so 110% presently and gratefully and I'm just, I'm really curious to see how things shift for all of us once things go back and maybe not go back, but go forward into a new way of being and existing. But anyway, the conversation today is jam-packed. It was a little long, which was so fun. We just lost track of time. Uh, We ended up talking about Lauren's pregnancy and how she actually really hated being pregnant. She was so candid about it. It made me laugh many times. Not that it was funny, but it actually was really funny. Um, We talked about her childhood upbringing, how she grew up uh, as an only child. She talked about just kind of the dynamic between her and her parents. And we also go into what it has been like living with a 10 month old i mean she's yeah she's 10 no she's 11 11 almost a year happy birthday baby b april 27th is your birthday um but and she talks about what that has been like raising this baby as her husband has been deployed and we go into the details of that how she's actually found this sense of joyful solitude while she really anticipates his return Just such a good episode. Listen to it all the way through. You're going to love her so much. And yeah, without further ado, let's move on to my episode with Lauren. I'll see you on the other side. It smells good. Does it? Yeah. What does it smell like? It smells like, I don't know. Clean? Floral. (laughs) It's like warm floral. I've never had anyone compliment the smell of the microphones.
1: It, I don't know. It, it exists in your house. <laughs> <probably. laughs> That's so good. funny.
0: Um, so you already know everything. You already know all the rules. You already know everything. And basically, we're just going to have a conversation like we always do, like when we're in the living room. <laughs> but I like to begin every single episode just kind of in this simple way of who are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> Where were you born? Who are you? What is your life story? Yeah, but just like telling the listeners who you are and we just kind of go from there.
1: I don't know. What's uh, your name? <laughs> <laughs> what is your name? Uh, my name is Lauren. Um best friend? Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? Pretty much how we ended like being on the river there the Cutney. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm
0: sitting here with one of my best friends in the entire <laughs> world, Lauren Farrell, and we are in Idaho and sitting on her bedroom floor.
1: <laughs> and why don't you just tell everyone where were you born? So I was actually born in California, a little town called Walnut, Walnut Creek. Um, That's a cute name. Right? Yeah. Uh, It was like a little nothing town and now it's this like Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus overgrown oh. hub of urban sprawl it's really weird is it so fancy it is like i don't feel rich enough <laughs> to walk down the street there. you're like wait a fucking second i was like born here pretty much weird um isn't it near napa kind of yeah it's It's. it's in the bay area um so yeah i was born there but was raised in napa california which is everyone hears that and they're like oh that's so magical and I'm like yeah but if you can't drink wine country means nothing right um I mean it meant something to me because my dad's in the wine industry and I've been going to work with him since I was seven weeks old oh so, my god it's all you know it really is like that's crazy yeah like the smells of wineries and cork and fermentation and all that like when I say like oh it smells like my childhood people give me a weird look but I'm like no I Grew up <laughs> at places like this.
0: You're like, no, my parents didn't just love to drink wine. <laughs> like I was in the industry, basically. Yeah,
1: and your mom wasn't in the industry though. No, my a... mom. My mom was a nurse for 47 years. Crazy. Um, and she worked at Kaiser and Kaiser Walnut Creek, because that was why I was born there. Oh my. Um, gosh. but yeah, I mean, yeah, she was the best nurse. She actually only became a nurse because uh, at the time. In the late 60s, they wore the little nurse's caps. Oh, my gosh. And she thought those were super cute. That is why she wanted to become a yep. nurse? Yep. She chose the nursing school that she went to, New England Deaconess, because she thought the name was pretty. I love her yeah. more than anything. And the, the sad part was by the time she graduated nursing school, they weren't wearing the hats anymore. <laughs> no. So actually on her last day before she retired, uh, five years, five years ago, um, her friends made her a little paper nurse's hat. And she got to wear that. Oh, but, best day of her life. Pretty much. But yeah, it was interesting <laughs> because, yeah, she didn't exactly have like the passion for nursing, but it chose her. And she was, was, and I will say is probably the best nurse. The best nurse. Everywhere. And I don't
0: even know. I oddly don't even know your mom well. I feel like I do just from right. <laughs> well, you've only met her at the wedding. Only at the wedding. Yeah. But I can see how she's the best nurse. Yeah. She just has that like calming
1: energy and she just makes you feel taken care of. Yeah. And she can just clip into that mindset of like even it like because she had to give me like my kindergarten injections because she was working in the injection clinic at the time Mm. it's like she's and i'm like this little needle phobe as a (laughs) still am but as a baby especially yeah and uh but she could just like click into that mindset of this is my job this is what needs doing and it wasn't like oh my god i can't do this to my own family right she can she can click into that crisis mode Mm. and be completely in medical brain and get it done And she is, yeah, I mean, because she was a telephone advice nurse for a lot of my childhood. Mm. They pioneered the, like, telephone advice program that Kaiser had going. And she was one of the original 10 nurses that did that overnight advice. Yeah. And I remember there were a couple nights, like, my dad would be out of town on a business trip, and I went to work with her and would, like, bring a little sleeping bag and books and stuff and sleep under her desk. Cozy. But, (laughs) But even as a kid, I remember watching her and listening to her on the phone and thinking, like, wow, you are... The kind of person, like, I would want to talk to. Yeah, someone who makes you feel safe and calm. Yeah. and she's still like that. Like, I mean, there's just, there's nothing my mom and I can't talk about. Right. And even as an adult, like, with some of the uncomfortable stuff or, like, personal stuff. Yeah. Even, like, stuff between, that would normally, like, I would speak with my doctor about maybe. Yeah. Let, you know, not someone you're related to or even know well, but I can talk to her yeah. about that. And Again, she can just phase her brain to, this is... A medical thing and she's asking me my professional opinion not a daughter asking her mom
0: right so yeah and like one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on the podcast not only because you're my best friend but because you just had a baby and I imagine <laughs> like with all of just like the anxiety that comes along with like <laughs> being pregnant for the first time oh, yeah. like did you call your mom a lot to be like what the
1: fuck is going on with my body or kind what was of. that like I mean she and I we had extremely different, I mean conception pregnancy and birth experiences like 180 degree difference from one another Mm. um like I mean for for what it was worth like she and my dad were not planning on having kids like that was just never part of their plan she was 36 years old my dad was um, by the time I was born a month shy of turning 39 Mm. um I don't (laughs) it wasn't an accident I was a very large surprise um (laughs) so you know the difference like from the get-go you know, they weren't trying and I just happened and they were actually doing a lot to prevent it. And I just happened. Wow. Um, whereas like Brian, my husband and I were, well, we were, we were trying, but like we weren't not trying, I guess I should put it that way. Right. Um, because like we, we knew he had a deployment coming up. And so it was one of those like, Hey, if it happens, not, not going to stop it. Like that'd be awesome. It would suck that he'll miss a lot of her life, but, or his or her life at that time. Um, but if it happens, awesome, right? You know, and if not, we'll try when you get back. Yeah, you it's know, because like, I mean, he deployed so soon. Well, I mean, relatively soon after we got married, less than a year. No, a little over a year after we got married is when he deployed. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah. So like, to start off, my mom and I had different experiences, and then she loved being pregnant. And she t- to this day will say like that was the happiest and best you know she just she loved it even even taking into consideration that she was on bed rest a lot mm. of the end of the pregnancy because a she was a little bit older um maternal age wise and she'd had two i think two surgeries prior to having me um to remove cysts and whatnot from her uterus and so that was another reason they didn't even think she could get pregnant right at that point um And so, yeah, they were just, like, overly, overly cautious because so much had already kind of happened in that area. So she loved it, you know, and even though she had to be calmed down, I fucking hated being pregnant. It was so hard. I was so excited because I was expecting to love it and I wanted to love it so bad. And, like, up until your wedding was, I mean, I was, like, maybe six weeks pregnant at your wedding when I told you guys. And that was the first like tinge of morning sickness I felt. Um, and then from there just like snowballed like an avalanche out of control (laughs) off the Matterhorn. Um, not like full like HG Amy Schumer level, but it was just shy of it. Like my doctor told me I could have a prescription for Zofran, the anti-nausea medication that's pregnancy safe if I wanted it, but I was hell bent. I was like, Oh God, no, like I just don't want to take that risk. Um, but yeah, it was pretty miserable I was. Yeah. I mean, just shy of completely debilitating morning sickness until about 16-17 weeks. Oh my god. Um, you were so sick. And yeah. your mom didn't have any of that None. during her pregnancy. Neither did Brian's. Wow. Neither one of our moms had any adverse reactions to pregnancy at all. And uh Yeah, I mean, it was it was a point and I mean, I I work at a winery and it was <laughs> during harvest and we have a, it's an open Tasting room production facilities. So I would literally walk into our tasting room to like open the tasting room in the morning and just get smacked in the face with all the fermentation smells of all these giant fermentation bins. Super big smells. Oh my god. Not
0: like subtle, nope.
1: like a little lavender in the corner. No. Like they're like big smells. Yeah, like I mean I'm trying to even think of like something I can compare like size wise to, but like yeah, these bins are probably I would I would say like six by six bins at most. Um, like cubes almost. So they're, well, they're not like six feet tall. They're probably like five feet tall. Um, And just, yeah, I mean, filled with, I forget how many tons or quarter tons or what have you of grapes fermenting. And ordinarily, I love that smell because I mean, I've worked in the industry for 10 years and been through so many harvests that yeah, I mean, I that smell is so familiar and homey to me, mm-hmm. and I wanted to die. Yeah, you're like, I cannot
0: even sniff this right I now. I can't. I literally
1: can't oh, even. Oh, my God. But, yeah, and that's, I mean, fortunately, it's a female-owned and operated winery, and both of the owner and Kelly, my boss, my immediate boss, um, both have two children, and they've been through it all. They've seen and done it all between the two of them, and they were the most supportive like... I mean, it made it possible to literally work up until the day before I gave birth. Right. Because they they understood. 100% understood. They had so much empathy for what you were going through. Yeah. Like at one point, I remember pretty late in the pregnancy and I was just everything hurt and like basically like just kind of like not like sobbing, but like weeping in the office because everything (laughs) was... Just like softly, gently weeping. Pretty much. (laughs) And Kelly just came in and like massaged my back and just let me like sway and just like trying to get me through the end of the day Mm, but um, such a sweetheart yeah so but like as far as my mom's pregnancy versus mine you know here she is loving it happy as a damn clam and yeah so not only did I have vicious morning sickness I developed um I mean everyone I think kind of gets swollen ankles and stuff um but I also developed uh carpal tunnel which was horrible (laughs) like literally my hands would just feel like they would stop working and I would just like, I, I dropped a wine bottle one day because it right. just, I couldn't grip it. I remember you taking a picture of it that day. Yep. You're, yeah, You was like, wine on the floor all over you. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I was like a Jackson Pollock. It was great. <laughs> um, I would sleep in wrist braces because even, like, the blanket, moving my arm and, like, feeling the blanket oh. catch on my hand in the middle of the night would wake me up and just, so like, painful. shooting pain. Um, my voice got deeper. My s- vocal cords got swollen. And so my voice, I sounded like. Your voice got much deeper yeah you I, I did sounded not like, sound like no you. I sounded like Kathleen Turner it was bad <laughs> <laughs> it was it ridiculous was so crazy uh, it was Kevin yeah it was Kevin <laughs> um, yeah so that was really fun um, and then like I mean just like all the normal stuff that you yeah. had, like the general aches and pains right um it was rough i mean i remember
0: talking to you mm-hmm. i might say it was rough like it was me but like no, but, I, I remember mean, talking to you i don't know how far along you were i think you were only i mean probably like three was, months in yeah it was early and I, I just remember talking to you and you were having like massive headaches mm-hmm. and
1: i mean you were feeling low yeah. emotionally well, because, because i think pain like i can think of one thing one time um yeah, you Facetimed me as I was getting ready to go to the doctor, and I was like trying to get the dogs inside, yeah. and because <laughs> it sucks because I was a social media manager, along with being the tasting room manager at the winery. So like being on my phone is part of my job, and screens of any kind, like computer screens and my phone screen and the TV, made me so so sick. nauseous. That's right, and uh, you know trying to Facetime with you and I i think i finally like for you and blake because blake would like calls my best friend from college you know he, he'll call and check in and we'll talk at least once a week and it got to the point where it's was like guys i just i can't like i'll i, I will be in my hole until yeah. further notice aka
0: um, like for another like six months yeah it were was in a hole
1: yeah i just couldn't i couldn't <laughs> and uh right it was funny not funny so the day after <laughs> funny not funny yeah pretty much <laughs> the day after we found out that i was pregnant. um I was shooting a wedding, and I mean, at that point, I didn't feel bad. I was just like, oh, my God, I have a secret. This is so much fun. And they kept offering me a glass of wine, and I kept having to turn it down, acting like I was this consummate professional wedding photographer, not drinking, when in reality, a lot of times, I am shooting with a camera in one hand and a glass of wine in the other. Anyway, (laughs) but uh, editing her photos, I couldn't... I would edit, like, maybe 10 photos and have to stop, and so it took so much longer To get them in like, I mean, at most my turnaround is usually six to eight weeks Mm -hmm. um, just because I, you know, have a full time job on top of doing that on the side. And I remember, you know, having to message her and just be like, Claire, I'm so sorry. Like, here's a fun fact. I'm pregnant and I feel like I'm dying <laughs> I'll get your photos to you as soon as I can I send I send her a few like in batches
0: yeah just like here's a little sneak yeah here's a little sneak
1: yeah because it was just and you know after you get married too, you're just like where are the photos I know and she was so gracious about it which I was so grateful for um yeah so yeah all all that to say pregnancy not a fan yeah it's so at hard all. I remember literally calling my mom and just being like I fucking hate this right I hate this I
0: appreciate you saying it too like that and just like i mean you know just living in this world of social media like we just see so much glamorized mm. versions of pregnancy mm. and it's it's really warped you know i mean yeah. of course like like your mom like there are situations where oh, yeah even with my mom like she had a really good pregnancy both of them she liked
1: it yeah and like i mean well like our friends that were pregnant that had their baby two weeks to the day after us right she never had any negative symptoms you know in the When I was dying, she had, I think she got, when I was dying, I I think she got like some of the usual like aches and pains and whatnot as she got bigger, but yeah, it was just one of those things where, and I did, I felt very alone in that Yeah, um, because, you know, she and I had these sort of, you know, parallel pregnancies and she was having such a different experience than me. Yeah, and I was I was resentful not of the baby or my friends or anything, but just kind of in general. I'm like, damn it, you know, like I've waited my whole life to be pregnant. I've been so excited about this possibility, and now you know, here I am, pregnant with, you know, the love of my life's child, and I'm miserable. Right, that's jarring. It was. It was really frustrating. Right, and but at the same time, like on the positive side, like I found a doctor that I loved, Mm. absolutely loved. Like I would leave every OB appointment, and just be like giddy yeah and the fact that he kind of had a sense of humor yeah about it, like because he's done this for 10 years mm-hmm. and like he, he made me laugh like laughing at the pain right you know and it was like you know hey at least we know that you know come spring <laughs> it'll all be over yeah <laughs> like, okay, thank you
0: absolutely I love that you had him
1: yeah um, and a really good partner that like cause I know it was hard on Brian because he's a fixer you know, and he's used to, okay, here's the problem. Well, here's how we fix it. And he could not fix this. And so a lot of times it would be like, you know, can I get you anything? What can I do? Also, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I can see that being so hard for him because he is that way. He's like, let me make this better. And usually Mm -hmm. he can. Yeah. Usually there's pretty much every other time. Yeah. Oh, and this
1: was like, because I'd just be like literally in a ball on the couch sobbing because I felt just like trash. So and he was, I mean, I could see it then and i can see it in retrospect i mean he was just paralyzed because there was nothing anyone could do than just watch me suffer and like we've you know like when we're joking or bickering and not bickering like negatively but like jokingly bickering yeah and uh one time i made some comment like you know i carried your child he goes well that's not fair i was like what do you mean and he's like i i I couldn't help that like i'm sorry that i'm so sorry and like it was triggering for him because he felt so bad that I went through that, you know, and here and I was just like joking about it, like I went through all that to bring our child and blah blah. And he was like super triggered. He's yeah. like, "Fuck!" I'm <laughs> like literally joking, and he was honest to God so hurt, yeah, because he couldn't take that hurt from me, right? So that was really sweet, but yeah. And then in the end, like my mom had a C-section with me, and yeah. you know, I had full-on childbirth and yeah so it's like yeah we have zero zero, <laughs> zero yeah. points of reference other than the fact that we both happen to be women that have had children at some point <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely I want to because I want to talk about baby now and I want to talk about Brian but I want to go back like we do all the time let's take it back a little um I want to take it back to kind of like your relationship growing up you're an only child Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear just some of that I know a lot about that so it's kind of funny to say it I'm like I would love to hear about (laughs) your childhood no but I would love to just for you to share just kind of what was that like growing up only child in your household (laughs) with your parents who they're divorced now they are yeah um but could you kind of take us back and what that looked like
1: yeah um so yeah like danny said i'm i'm an only child i'm actually an only grandchild on both sides too <laughs> so yeah my dad's an only child and then my mom's neither one of her brothers had kids mm. so yeah my my, <laughs> the my only child my family, the family is extremely small my like blood family um and it's it's interesting because like all of my friends growing up had siblings and cousins and just these massive extended families and it was, you know, my mom, my dad, me, my grandparents, well, yeah, my paternal grandparents, my maternal grandmother and my uncle, my, well, at the time, two uncles, one of my uncles passed away when I was 15. Um, but we were never that close. My other uncle and I were very close growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was interesting. I mean, my dad worked from home, He owns his own business and he worked from home until I was about 10. And even then, like he had an office outside the house, but I would just go to work with him. Like it was, I never went to daycare, never really had babysitters. So I was always with my parents, which Mm -hmm. was nice. And even as a baby, you know, it's, if they went somewhere, I went with them, you know, and that's, I mean, that's kind of how we're raising Brighton. Like if we go anywhere, yeah, she comes. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Why not? It's
0: the same with you guys.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just I mean, it's easier for Mm -hmm. us that way. not easier for everybody, but for us, it worked. And clearly for my parents, it worked. Um, And again, like, I mean, they were older than Brian and I are when I showed up. And so it was very much, they welcomed me into their life and made obviously the necessary adjustments, but didn't like completely edit their life to revolve solely around me. Right. Um, I think the only downside is that they edited their marriage to revolve solely around me. Yeah. And even now, so they divorced. They, they, when was it? They separated when I was in sixth grade, so like twelve. And I think the divorce was officially final when I was like fifteen. Right. Um. So it was. I mean, it was years, and it wasn't like it was drawn out. Um. And it wasn't necessarily like an amicable split. My mom made the call. My dad didn't really want it, but he understood and he respected my mom, so he didn't fight it. Um. It's like, what can you do? Yeah. A lot of the time, and that's the thing is like, I mean, even as like a little kid. I remember thinking like these people are not supposed to be together they never like fought you felt it when you were little oh extremely wow like I can remember being I don't know fourth fifth grade I mean they split when I was in sixth grade so like it had to be been fourth or fifth grade so like nine or ten years old and uh, somehow conned them into letting me get a bunk bed it was like a twin bed on top and a (laughs) futon on the bottom
0: you're like it's for my imaginary friend <laughs> right. or
1: my imaginary sibling <laughs> but literally my thought process yeah. was okay this is really fun this is really cool and i thought of it like from the fort standpoint because underneath i made into a fort because yeah. because Be- fort yeah because fort <laughs> um but i remember thinking like oh this is perfect i'll already have two beds so that when mom and dad get divorced i'll already have two beds oh and it wasn't like that's in a, so interesting and it wasn't like it a was s- like a matter of fact virgo like thought process mm-hmm. yeah lauren's like <laughs> again another one of my t- best friends work. total virgo <laughs> i love it um but yeah and so like when they finally did split like i remember the night very clearly and i remember them telling me and i think i went through the motions of like oh my gosh it's finally happening and it was sad was it kind of exciting for like a it was change? it was more of like an exhale yeah you know and just feeling because kids are so freaking receptive oh they feel everything. and just recognizing these people are not happy and my mom was pretty depressed most of my childhood and she'll look back and recognize that pretty severe depression um and as I've you know become an adult she's shared with me more things and I mean some things that you know maybe a child doesn't need to know about their parents but I've I've asked to be fair um I've asked and she's told me because we don't lie to each other and right you know she'll always be honest with me and certain things now she'll be like you know what that's that's between us and I'm like okay I respect that mm. um That's so interesting. I just have to like make you pause right there because like
0: that is like what I consider like normal and healthy Mm. (laughs) whereas like my mom maybe it's just because I have such a young mom like the the transparency that is between us is kind of frightening Mm. like I (laughs) we share everything as far as I know I mean we it just feels so clear there's never been that kind of like well that is not your business that's like between us.
1: Yeah and it's like, between like my mom and me and and honestly, like I mean, I know we know very personal things about each other, yeah, is so far that it is in respect to us as person, the things that she won't share with me and and the things at this point I won't ask. Is it's one of those like when you say like the only two people that know what happens in a relationship is between them, yeah. And like some things are only for a husband and wife. Mm. It's those kind of things that she won't share with me. Where it's like right. that is between your your dad and it's me. It's like
0: out of respect for your dad and, and that relationship.
1: Yeah, and also and I think there's a certain degree because she knows how close my dad and I are. Right. She doesn't want to like skew like yeah exactly. Because, oh yeah. You know there are certain things that yeah you can't unhear, you can't unknow. Right. And it's that thing of like this happened between us. This isn't this, this is a husband and wife relationship issue. This, I don't want it to affect a father daughter relationship because it's right. not correlated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's more what I'm talking okay. about there. Yeah. That makes sense. Um. But yeah, I mean, all, all together growing up, you know, there were the little sort of family dramas, but they were, it was almost like, Things that my parents went through. My mom was always much more open than my dad was. Um, But the things that like they went through, my grandparents went through. I I knew everything for the most part, but... I just picture you like this little girl with your big Disney princess (laughs) eyes, like watching everything and just hearing everything. Yeah, just absorbing. I mean, one of my favorite things to do growing up was go through my mom's high school yearbooks. And like, I knew all of her friends. I knew who these people were. And like when I met them years later in person i was like i know you yeah and yeah so that was really funny um it's like yeah i can like piece together my mom's childhood like a movie in my brain because we just talked about it all the time which is really cool Um, that's a really special connection it is and i'm and i always just thought that was normal and i'm finding that's not normal (laughs) yeah um it's funny (laughs) because side note my mom dated Bruce Jenner in high school, (laughs) and so I feel
0: like you have told me that, but I've like (laughs) blocked it out. That is so
1: crazy, but it's funny because like I remember like seeing his picture in her yearbook. What the fuck? And yeah, and apparently I met him somewhere. There exists a picture when he was like he decided to be a race car driver after the Olympics. I don't know, but somewhere there's a picture of him holding me as a baby or something. And then years later, it's really funny because I remember like her watching like some random episode of keeping up with the Kardashians. And she's like yelling at the TV like, Bruce, what is wrong with you? Oh, you're better than this. You're a good boy from Connecticut. That is the weirdest <laughs>
0: fucking thing I have ever heard. Right. <laughs> Only, well, California, like that's something to remember. Like your mom grew up in California, right? No, she grew
1: up on the East Coast. She oh, grew- she did? Yeah, she, I mean, my grandpa was a pilot for Pan Am. He was a 747 pilot, but Whoa. her formative years, she grew up in Connecticut in Newtown. Oh, okay.
0: I was just thinking like, because you grew up in California, oh, like, yeah. It's so fucking weird how many people just
1: date famous people. Oh, yeah. That and live I mean, in California. It's oh, yeah. Normal. Yeah. He wasn't famous. I mean, that was, they were high school students in Connecticut, like in the late 1960s.
0: Oh, my um, goodness.
1: Yeah. He taught her how to water ski. What? Uh, side, note, <laughs> side note, side
0: note, side <laughs> note.
1: Side note of this one. One time they split a candy bar. Yeah. This, yeah. this one time at band camp Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she ended up in California. How did she even get to California? I don't even fucking know because um, I know I think my grandpa got transferred out there at some point and my uncles ended up out there and she just moved out there. At I don't know. Um, my dad's born and raised in California. He okay. Was, he he's was a California boy. But yeah, but like, I mean, you, you've seen him. You know him. Yeah, he's not. He looks like he got like kicked off a mountain in the middle of nowhere. He's kind of like Santa Claus. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> white, white beard, white mustache, flannel shirt, jeans, boots yeah like um, actually he should live like two blocks from you right now here and i are working on it yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i mean he's the he's the least californian california that's true b- he native. doesn't seem california no and he hates it but yeah yeah the california he grew up in i mean southern california um yeah, yeah ventura county he, i mean he as much as he grew up hunting and shooting he also grew up surfing and like the beach Boys songs he's like Aww. oh yeah um, I love picturing your dad doing yeah, that. Yeah, he used to be a ski instructor up at Big Bear. Oh, cool. Um, he and my mom used to ski a lot because they lived in Denver for a while when they mm. first met. That's where they met, actually. Okay. Um. And uh. yeah, so I forget where I was going with all of... Oh, like my, my childhood. <gasps> yeah. You're like, what was they talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. talking about my parents' childhood.
0: Yeah. So like, how did that... How do you think that growing up kind of as that only child, like really only child in your yeah. family, like that there had to have been... Maybe, I mean, was there pressure in that? What, what did, what, what did it, that feel like? I mean, it's all, you know, Yeah. but how
1: do you think that that influenced you today? So I think, I don't know. I think not being around like cousins and stuff. Like, I mean, Lord knows I had such a childhood, like childhood, yeah. like extremely happy memories. Like the, the negative memories are very few and far between. Um, and it's, I mean, other than my parents splitting Which again, I don't really see as like a tragedy by any means because even like going into my own marriage, I can look at like my parents' relationship now, they are best friends. Mm. And I've told them many times, I was like, I learned more about love and respect from you guys having been divorced for over half my life than I think I would have from you guys staying together, hands down. Um, Because they do. They have a very loving and very respectful relationship now. and has it it hasn't it wasn't it always that way or was it not when they were married not that i i mean oh, okay. i i mean i know they always loved each other and they respect each other to an extent but right like the boundaries and the very just healthy right. relationship that they have now is what mm. i remember the most and so that's what i've taken yeah. into my own marriage i love that um but uh i grew up i mean not that they expected me to be an adult but they treated me like an adult they talked to me like an adult And not in a sense that they were robbing me of, you know, being a child in any way, but just like, you know, they made sure that I had the ability to be around adults. And I think as a result, I still, I mean, now at almost 34 years old, I am more comfortable with a group of people my parents' age than I am a group of people my own age, Mm. 100%. Like working at the winery or, you know, for the last 10 years, working in various wineries, like a group of people... My own age comes in. I can feel myself like tense up and be like, oh, God, like how how do I talk to these people? Huh. Yeah. But a group of people in their like 50s and 60s come in and I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, You're I, like, I'm going to rock Like this. I just I connect with them so much more. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way. Always yeah. felt more comfortable with people far older than me, than my own age.
0: And you've always seemed so much older. You really have. I mean, we met in our early 20s. Yeah. And I was like, who's this forty year old that lo- <laughs> that looks like they're eighteen? <laughs> but really, like it shows that your parents spoke to you in that way because you're well you're well spoken and you just yeah, carry just,
1: yourself. And it's just I mean, yeah, purely the environment that I was in. Yeah. Didn't really me, yeah. I didn't have I didn't and I didn't know any differently, like you said, like even growing up as an only child. I didn't yeah. I don't know any differently. Right. Um, did you ever envy people that had siblings? I did. But yeah. not in the sense of like, oh, I wish my parents would have more kids. Like that never felt natural to like think right. of my parents having more kids. You're after like me. gross. <laughs> like, it just it didn't it just didn't seem right. Like yeah, I think I as a kid, like you could always tell like the three of us we were complete. Mm-hmm. That was us. Like as far as that family went, we were good. Right. Um, but yeah, having said that, I was always like, what's it like to have? And, and to this day, like I love watching siblings together Mm. it fascinates me and i love watching like only children isn't that funny yeah i'm like watching them i'm like what are the what is that yeah how does that work
0: yeah how does does it work or how do you yeah it's just it's so different because when you i mean i only know my experience of growing up with a little sister and it's like i can't imagine Mm -hmm. i i mean i guess like because i grew up in the household that i grew up which was pretty abusive and like creepy and not awesome it's like i can't imagine having that without my sister there yeah and being alone in that it's frightening yeah you know but it's like well you have
1: your cousins and yeah
0: and i yeah and i had a lot of cousins and just like a bigger family
1: so it's just yeah it's so interesting and it's part of the reason like why i want i mean just i mean at, at least but probably just yeah one more child because like as much as I value and loved being an only child like I wouldn't change a damn thing yeah, but for her my my daughter who's ten months old um I want her to have that relationship with a sibling and I want her to have someone because especially now that as my you know my parents were older obviously starting off my parents are older now right, and I have my husband like Brian is there one hundred percent, and they as far as they're concerned he's there child just as much as I am. But ultimately, like I have no one to share that experience with if and when if when something happens to my parents. Like and yeah. I'm the I'm the sole keeper of our memories. I don't have siblings to like trade those childhood memories back and forth with. Mm. Um you know and that's that's a lot. And you know my dad was that way to an extent when my grandparents passed away and they I mean both my paternal grandparents had a form of dementia as they went down my dad's an only child and he had two cousins one passed away one we don't even know where he is what he's doing so it was all on my dad and Mm. again yeah no one to share those experiences with not even cousins yeah of growing up and so there's there's like loneliness in that yeah and i and i see a lot of loneliness in my dad for a lot of reasons but i also see a lot of strength because he doesn't necessarily want that i think He's he's like the quintessential loan shark, but that's I mean, that's a whole different podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, for my for my own children, I would hope that they would have Sharing siblings experience. and and I mean, and again, they really won't have any blood cousins, so to speak. Right. Because obviously I don't have any siblings. Um, Brian has a younger brother and two older half sisters. Yeah. And his older sisters have children um, but he's not really close with them. I mean, he's only seen them a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them came to our wedding, which was really sweet. I loved meeting her. And we keep in touch on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and his little brother may or, may or may not end up having children someday. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um. But as of right now, like, we're probably it. Yeah. Um. So. It's pretty incredible. Like, I wonder if, like, because what
0: I see in you guys, I mean, I was your maid of honor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah.
1: Okay, I always mix it up with the other one. What was Laura? Matron. Okay, matron. she's married. She was oh, married at the time. Oh, okay. If you had been married, you guys both would have been my matrons of honor.
0: Oh, yeah. It was just like, it was the biggest honor ever. Oh, by the way, you guys, Lauren is the one who married Hi and I. She <laughs> officiated our wedding and I got to so be cool. So cool. And I got to be your maid of honor. And that was like a really emotional oh. time, like your wedding, because I just was looking at everybody you guys have just Mm -hmm. in this circle this group this life that you're creating together (laughs) and i was just thinking like no matter if you have one child or eight like you have this huge family yeah and your support system and all of the people in your life like i just think of brighton your 10 month old right now it's like she has
1: so much family yeah and people that just would yeah pull down the moon out of the sky for her and us too. And that was, I think yeah. the takeaway from our wedding, which I think you and I've like talked about it was like, I, I actually remember being in like the little hut, <laughs> the warming hut, the little stone cottage on the mountain there waiting for our, our ceremony to start and peeking out the window and seeing everybody, you know, filing in and sitting down. And I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I started crying because yeah. I was like, this is literally everyone minus, you know, the few that couldn't make it. But I was like, this is everyone I love most in the entire world. And they're all here in one oh. place. And that same thing is like, this is my family, like, and Brian's the same way where it's just like, we don't have these huge families on our own, but oh my God, we have, we have created and gathered these families. Don't you feel like that that has
0: been like almost like this on purpose thing, like both growing up, like not having
1: huge families, like it's like, oh yeah. Oh, we're going to make this big family. Yeah. And like almost subconsciously because it's like. I mean as much as like you know the biological tie to a blood relative is like oh you know they'll always be there but like I feel that like with like with you and hi and yeah. you know Laura and Ashley and Maria and Jeff and mm-hmm. I I I know that like yeah you guys will be here through everything you literally guys, yeah like you guys will be the ones helping us raise our daughter and vice yeah, versa like absolutely and being old people together. Yeah, being you and I are going to be those like weird ass little old ladies. Literally, we will be And <laughs> Laugh <at> inappropriate things. <laughs>
0: I know, like just sipping rosé <laughs> like sailors. Yeah, it's yeah, like eating uh, cheese. Yeah, eating cheese, that's <laughs> what we're going to be doing. I would love to like also back up again um just to talk about our friendship yeah. because we have been friends since I, I think I was
1: 22. 20 No, I was Not, like It was it was 9 years. It was 2011. We've been friends for nine years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was right after uh, Jared and I broke up. So
0: Lauren and I became friends through, it was actually her ex at the time, but basically our boyfriends were best friends. And we were in our early 20s. I was working, I don't I think I was working at LA Fitness when yeah. we, yeah. And your, like, car, your car didn't have reverse. And my car didn't have reverse. <laughs> if I ever had a situation where I had to reverse the car, I'd have to stick my foot out of the door. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. yeah, Flintstone my way backwards. It was fucking yeah, stupid. met at Produce Row. Met at Produce Row. Mm-hmm. And I feel like during that time that you and i met we i mean we were not in like who we are today like we oh, were God. we were just like fish what we is that like fish like, out of water yeah, yeah we were both just these
1: like broken broken girls little i don't even know we were just
0: like being with people that didn't like see us and love us because we yeah. weren't
1: fully loving who we are yeah we and... didn't even know how to like draw in no what we needed
0: no because we didn't know what we needed no and it's it's like at that time, like, even though we were friends and we connected right away, we, our friendship wasn't like massively
1: forged until mm-hmm. I moved to Montana, yeah. like just over six years ago. Yeah, it was very surface. It was, it, it, yeah, we were just, we like, were friends up until that point. We knew each other from 2011 forward. Right. Nothing before that.
0: Yes. Yeah. And when you came out to visit me in Montana, like something just hit. And I think it was like, I was sharing with you some pretty, horrific things that were going on with my family yeah. and just like kind of splayed not all of my truth out because we were getting there. We were yeah, we were getting yeah. there, but like I i just am so grateful for that moment because that is when we became best friends. Yeah. Was when we were sitting by the Kooteny River yep. in Northwest the Montana Water bottle full of wine. With a water bottle full <laughs> of wine, really just truly getting to know each other for the first time. Yeah is what it felt
1: like. It, truly. Like that's exactly how I remember it.
0: Yeah. And it's like this has been my most I don't want to say like my most sacred friendship and like not pay attention to all of the other friendships that like really are so deeply important. Facets. Yeah facets but like something about our friendship has just been so moving for me Mm -hmm. because we have gone through it all together. Yeah. So at that time like I was in a relationship with my ex my most previous partner Mm -hmm.
1: you were kind of what were you doing? What were you doing? I, you were, you were. That was two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So I, that was actually when Brian and I weren't even speaking to one another. Yeah, um, Brian. Yeah, you are now husband. Yeah, my husband now. Yeah, um, cause, so, well, quick backup. Yeah. So Brian, my husband, and I we met in two thousand thirteen. Uh, he was still active duty in the army, living in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, that's he was stationed there at that uh, army base, and he had come home to Oregon on leave, and we met at a rodeo. And he left to go because he was, like, at the end of his leave. And he went back to North Carolina, like, three H- days later. How was
0: meeting Brian? <laughs> That's, like, my favorite story in the world. It makes me so happy. You
1: guys bet at a rodeo? Yeah. Of course you did. I literally, like, I think back to that fairly often. Yeah. And just, like, wish I could whisper in that girl's ear and just be like, you have no idea what's about to happen in your life. Um, But, yeah, so we met. We actually ended up dating long distance for three months and then I went out to North Carolina and it all kind of fell apart (laughs) but for the best um, because from that point forward after he got out of active duty and moved back home we became friends and started hiking together all the time Um, but he ended up dating someone that didn't care for me I was dating other people and we just completely stopped talking to one another and I mean partially out of just respect for who we were with and partially just in his words like because he just didn't know how to handle life out of the <laughs> army yeah um and i was still like pretty emotionally traumatized uh from my previous relationship that i was just massively healing from even though it had ended two years prior to that
0: right but that was your first
1: that, that, was, that was my first love first first everything. huge love yeah uh um, oh. <laughs> but uh <sighs> wouldn't honestly wouldn't trade it it was absolute hell for a few years there, but I wouldn't trade any of it. (laughs) It was absolutely hell for a decade. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like both of our heartbreaks, we just like... Not great. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, like you guys have heard episode 30, like you heard, well, I mean, before that even, like about, yeah, the high school heartbreak that defined Danny's life. And that was very much because I didn't date in high school and the relationship that I was in from 2008 to 2011 was very much the defining point in my life. Um, Just, you know, I experienced that years after yeah it was just delayed compared to my yeah yeah um but yeah so we met we dated we broke up we were friends we didn't speak and so in 2014 when i came out to montana i was still very much in love with him but i had learned with brian brian yeah yeah but i had learned from that previous heartache with my ex to just shut it down and bury it yeah and it was just like you you cannot exist in this state another day so don't let it happen so when everything with Brian's and my relationship fell apart I was just like walls up memories out the door shut it down I can hear my daughter yelling <laughs> you at might hi. hear a little
0: baby and a 42 <laughs> year old man speaking like a baby in the
1: background <laughs> I and my daughter are yelling at each other that's fine <laughs> um but yeah so I came out there and Interestingly enough, the town you were living in, Libby, is where Brian's stepdad grew up. How weird is this? So I, I was curious about Libby because I'd heard about it from Brian's dad for all these years. And, uh, so I was like, in the town, I'm like, hey, do you guys know this family? And that was, I mean, that's a whole different story, but very funny. Um, it's a family name, like people it, it in is. Libby, this small Northwest Montana town know this yeah, name. Yeah, like 2000 people. Yeah. And it was funny because I would ask like, hey, do you know this family name? And they're like, uh, the good ones are the bad ones? And I'm like, uh, probably the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, them. So yeah, that's where, I, that's where I was mentally mm-hmm. coming out there the first time. Cause I think it was like June. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just, I mean, constantly wondering when I was going to meet my person and I remember like looking at your relationship at the time and just almost idolizing it because you were living this (laughs) little did you know seriously (laughs) yeah like it goes to show that like you never know two people that know what's going on in a relationship are the ones in it you can never 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 ever assume even as close as we became after that you know because that was the first time I had met him and yeah and she's talking about my previous partner not my marriage now um you know, and I just like looked at this, you know, sweet little house you lived in, and your adventures, and the, you know, good food and good beer and cozy yeah. and this, that, and the other. Yeah, and little did I know that what I was idolizing was—I don't want to say surface level because you guys did have a deep relationship, but right. not in the way that I thought it was. There was
0: so much like dishonesty. In yeah, it. yeah, and yeah. I had—I had no idea. You're like they're perfect, and I'm like fucking S- cheating on him back in Oregon. Seriously,
1: like it's I fun. remember finding—I was like, what?
0: I was like, I got to tell you something. You're like, head is spinning <laughs> like the exorcist, green pea soup <laughs> spitting out of your mouth. How have we, how have we referenced the exorcist twice today? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Maybe three times, actually. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. It's because there's a 10-month-old it's, around. Yeah. And spew. <laughs> uh,
1: and green stuff. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, it was interesting, you know, coming out there because at that point, even though looking back, we were probably actually really in similar places yeah. of figuring ourselves out, but as far as our relationships went, we were in such different places and I was just desperately wanting to find what you had Mm. or what I thought you had. Right. I I mean, what you did have to an extent. Yeah. There were good things there. Yeah. Like there was data to collect in witnessing that relationship. Exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah, the good of that relationship was something yeah, worth striving for because it was good. Yeah. You know, things aren't, aren't all good, aren't all bad. Right. Um, But yeah, it was definitely one of those things. And I I still remember I was just telling the story to a friend the other day of like how I even ended up going to Montana. And I was like, I posted on Facebook like, hey, I've got like three days off. Where should I go camping? (laughs) And you just happened to message like, come to Montana. And you're like, okay. Okay. So I hop in the car and drive 500 miles to meet this friend that, you know, we used to go to Tasty and Sons and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, I pull up in your front yard and you come out choking. (laughs) Oh, I choked. That's right. I think I,
0: I, like, took a sip of water or something, and I choked for, like, an hour. It was awesome. I was it's like, fine. welcome. Oh, 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 oh. It's the asbestos.
1: Yeah, right. Welcome to Libby. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, and I literally, the same way I think you've described it as, after I left, I was like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, it was. Because it was really profound. Yeah, we caught up. We hiked. We saw a moose.
0: We saw a moose. Yeah. 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 And then
1: got scared and ran the other way. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um. But we
1: just connected over, like... Yeah, hard shit. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of always been our And the thing. spiritual. I
1: remember the spirituality because like yeah. where you were with yoga and like we were saying earlier, like the way that you approach yoga and that practice was always from such a spiritual standpoint rather than like a fitness right. mindset. And I was really deep into my faith at the time and learning about it and really realizing that we were talking about the same thing, like just using different words, hundred percent. And I mean, <laughs> there's a good lesson for a lot of people to realize that all these differences but when you get to the core of it you're you're sharing these experiences just yeah with different verbiage right um but yeah and then that spawned my ongoing back and forth with montana for like two years going back to montana yeah every like two months
0: and so we just we started spending so much time together you and i did and fast forward a few years and <laughs> again, baby in the background. Um, fast forward, you came out to visit me mm-hmm. and this was when I had met my now husband mm-hmm. and I had a big old thing to tell you. Mm. and little did I know you had a big old thing to tell <laughs> me and I remember just sitting there and we just like shared everything yeah. I shared that poured I poured it out on the floor pour, yeah poured it on the floor and I told you I was like I think I met my husband mm. and you're like well I think my husband just walked back into mine
1: <laughs> in my life yeah. you know because that is when you and Brian that was when I think I asked you to be my Made of honor <laughs> yeah. over a glass of rosé no 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 not not, even. not not like that but i remember telling you like if and when i get married oh yeah i want yeah, you yeah. to be my maid oh, yeah. of honor I was like, wait am i like missing at the no, start
0: no. okay yeah and we both were just like holy shit what's going on yeah. and like our l- paradigm shift it was a paradigm shift <laughs> that happened for us at the exact same time yeah. and that was four years ago june 2016 yeah and so now now we can fast forward we're at this <laughs> both of us are at this place of just such insane expansion and bliss and no it's not all easy i mean you just had a baby and i have two stepkids and there's just like there is shit but we have so much abundance Mm -hmm. in our lives and i would love for you to just talk about like where you are at right now today emotionally where Mm. do you where are you at like how there's all this beauty we've talked about like what is happening
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of just like awe and almost like Yeah, disbelief, for lack of a better word, because... Yeah, talk about that. I think, like, it just... It it started to, like, make sense in my brain that, like, oh, I might never find this. I might never get what I want. And, I mean, I did. I I was completely in love with Brian, my husband, for the time between when we actually, like, dated when we first met and when we actually got together. And I I remember telling him, like, the night that he finally asked me to be his girlfriend... When he, like, in his mother's words, pulled his head out of his ass, and realized that we we should probably be together. Um. But I remember him, you know, saying, and I and I asked him something to the effect of like, you know, why'd you wait so long? And I I had dated someone very previous, like very shortly before Brian and I got together, and and that guy and I are still pretty good friends, and it was one of those, like. Almost perfect, but not quite. And thank God the universe saw that because I probably would have kept going in that relationship for a lot longer. Um, were you with him when we had the conversation on my front porch in Montana? Uh, we had just broken up. That was right after. Oh, okay. So when I came out, that was before you left the house on montana ave okay and i was like devastated over this for re- this three-month relationship which was i mean it was a pretty intense relationship for three months and it was yeah. good it was really good there was a lot of good there we, right. we didn't even end badly it was just we recognized we weren't right for each other right um but i remember like i was crying over him and i had just come off this amazing backpacking weekend with brian and a bunch of our other friends and i think you you could see that what i was actually craving was not this guy it was brian and i remember you asking like you know do you do you want to be with x and i was like no and i was like oh shit yeah and you were like bawling yeah and like i think i started crying more because i was like or i don't think i asked you i think i told you probably i
0: think i said you don't even want yeah. him
1: and it was like that that and you was were like oh no yeah that was the honest <laughs> to god realization of like oh, fuck, i really I do want to be with Brian and I always I always knew that but it it never seemed like a possibility
0: yeah and it's almost like that worth piece of like you and I have had to we've I I think it's an honor witness each other stepping into our worth and it's like you weren't believing that you could have it all until that moment and you're still unraveling that 100% like and I am
1: too I'm like am I worth all of this goodness that's a lot to take off your own plate yeah um and especially because, so in, in the interim, I should throw in there also that like Brian and I, we became best friends, like yeah. in a very different way than Danny and I are. And because we backpacked, to, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we like, we backpacked together and we had... An I other, almost said something super inappropriate.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, but I'm kind of sad that I didn't. So just continue. We'll hold
1: it. Yeah. She'll type it in the show
0: notes. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it was, it was an, a, a very unique friendship that Brian and I developed in the time between... 2014 when he moved back to Oregon and we started backpacking together and the, you know, two years that we had between that and actually getting together. And I mean, we would literally like disappear into the woods together for three days and backpack and hike and not see another soul. Never get sick of each other. Never do anything. Never even touch each other. Other than it's like, maybe like hold my hand to help me cross a river or something. Yeah. And get your fucking ass up a mountain. Yeah. Like several times you can do it. Yeah. To to remind (laughs) me that I'm far more capable than I give myself credit for um (laughs) staple of our marriage yeah um and then yeah i remember like actually that specific hike that i was thinking like we got in our car to like drive home and we call each other and talk all the way home (laughs) Mm. and yet we didn't realize we were in love that's cute Mm -hmm. um but yeah like really realizing that i was in love with him and i just loved him as my best friend um, and we had said that to each other as best friends prior to that. But I remember the night back to like the night we actually got together and something came up and I was like, you know, you're the only person that I have loved enough to know that I want you to be happy, even if it's not with me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I I could never have asked you to be with me because I would I'd watched him in another relationship, be in love and, you know, go through all that. And I... Kind of like with the word, I never believed that I was worthy of that kind of love from anyone, let alone him who I love so much. Um, And so, yeah, when we finally got together, it was just mind boggling to me. And here we are all these years after that, four years after officially getting together and, you know, we're married and we have this child and it still blows my mind and I still have to convince myself that this is real. This is happening because... It was just something that I imagined, not even imagined, like dreamt of and couldn't fathom actually happening. You couldn't even make up. Nope. Couldn't even, couldn't believe it could happen. Definitely couldn't believe I was worthy of it. Right. And it's still to a degree just like does not make sense to me that this is actually happening. I look at him and just marvel at him mm. for, for many reasons. But yeah, like the amount of times I look at him, and I'm like, holy shit all the people in the world like you picked me are you kidding and it's and and it's really hard for me to hold on to that and then on the flip side like it just it scares the shit out of me thinking that it could all disappear because my previous relationships I mean they didn't feel like this strongly at all but like in that very young way you know, it felt like it was everything. And then it just literally just felt like it disappeared overnight. Yeah. And so I'm always afraid it's just going to be like a vapor or I'm going to wake up from this dream. Right. And I have to just keep reminding myself that, that you're worth no, it. It's, yeah. It's, it's real. It's worthy yeah. or I'm worthy and it's worth believing right. that this is real. Yeah. You know? And I,
0: I think you do such a beautiful job, like even in the midst of just that fear really bringing yourself back to, but I am worthy. And it's a lot of talking myself. Of a well, yeah. And us talking about it together. Yeah. Cause I think we, again, like similarly struggle with some of the same things yeah. because we experienced heartbreak in a really massive way mm-hmm. because we love
1: big. Yeah. Well, it's like we said, like, I mean, we feel oh, so much, we feel so much, but ultimately I mean, it's better to feel more than not enough. Exactly. I would, I would take this over feeling numb or not seeing or, feeling it but right and it and it is like i mean to feel it yourself but then like i mean to like watch you go through that has gutted me yeah like watching you and knowing that you had to feel that you had to go through mm-hmm. so much like with that the your most recent breakup and right and and being so far apart throughout throughout that like physically and and kind of emotionally because we were in different places yeah um just all together oh it was really hard and knowing that the only way out was through i know what the fuck yeah like knowing it is the truth the only way out is through you have to go through it everybody <laughs> yeah it sucks god does it suck it's so painful i wouldn't wish it on anyone but, but anyone, everybody yeah but anyone that goes through it i would say just oh my god be so grateful for that magic dark yeah because that darkness it sucks it is pitch black and it doesn't seem oh my God, I promise you that light comes. It does. I promise you it It comes does. in a
0: bigger way than you can
1: even imagine Fully. for yourself. It sounds like such a cliche. Yeah. And I remember wanting to punch people that said shit like that. I wanted to fucking curb stomp people <laughs> yeah. that said that. Yeah. Honey, go out and bite the curb. I'll be out in a second. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I, I mean, I think this is such, I think this is like the message of this episode today is just like you have to just hang on tight because Hunker down and pray for daylight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you and I have seen each other. I mean, you didn't see me when I hit my major heartbreak in high school. But like you've seen me healing from that. Yeah. And I'm
1: 30. The ricochet from it. Definitely.
0: Exactly. And you saw how like self-destructive I've been Mm -hmm. like because of something I never let myself face and heal. So it's like we have to face what we need to face what hurts us. Well, even like
1: what I was saying lunch today like yeah i I will still dream of certain things because i i there's no closure and i i mean like with with jared you're yeah with my ex oh yeah and i'm just name dropping it's it's fine fine. (sighs) that's what we do but it's definitely that's what we do motherfucker (laughs) welcome to the day but it's truly it's truly one of those things like i know it has actually nothing to do with him or any of my insecurities relationship-wise have nothing to do with brian it is entirely me and my own healing because you know with it's like that you know saying like oh you have to heal from the apology that you never got kind of thing mm. and it's just I, ca- I can't put my healing on anyone else yeah, I can't make anyone else. But it's else easier. Respond. It's so much easier. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, what's wrong with you?
0: And I'm like, oh, it's just me. Oh, it's me. <laughs> Never mind. That was a mirror. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And aren't isn't that the fucking truth? Yeah. Is and that... I think that's
1: something you and I both had to learn a lot. was yeah. Like subconsciously blaming and playing. I, I know. I, yeah. I know. I played the victim so much. I'll speak for myself on that one. But yeah. Like, it, I did too. And yeah. then we have. A, yeah, we have. Yeah, a, my dogs are barking. A dog in the backyard. Yeah. That's um, right. But yeah, it's and it's something I I mean, I can't say for sure whether, you know, it'll ever be something that we work fully past. I think it might be an ongoing work with. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like forgiveness. Like it's never a one time thing. It's something you choose to keep doing over and over and over. And I mean, even if you think about it, like in a really visceral sense, like someone with a cancer diagnosis, you know, and here's this thing that's eating away at them and then they go into remission, but they are always checking in. They are always responsible for keeping themselves healthy to keep that from coming back. You know, and I mean, obviously, to an extent, you can't control cancer, but always checking in and always keeping tabs. You can never just say it's neat and tidy, cleaned up, tie, the bow, tie, tie the bow, close the door. Right. It's always going to be there. And I think it's yeah. the same way with so much healing and emotional work. It's not a one time thing. It's not something that you just fix and move on from. Right. It's always because it's always part of you.
0: Always a part of 100 percent. Yeah. Always going to be a part of me. It's part of your gift to the world.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and then it comes down to, you know, like being able to years from now help my daughter through something that I know she'll go through because she's human. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and being able to say like, 100%, I know it's possible to get past this and it's beautiful and look at the amazing things that come from it. Absolutely. I mean, our friendship comes from heartbreak. Oh, dude. Like... (laughs) hi (laughs) (laughs) hello (laughs) but like truly like the best friendships in my life i'm sorry if i'm flashing you my vagina right now
0: i'm wearing a nightgown it's fine (laughs)
1: it's (laughs) the microphone covers everything (laughs) perfect but like truly the the dearest friendships in my life the fact that i am married to brian and living in star idaho and have a daughter and two beautiful dogs that think that they are 80 pound lap dogs (laughs) and living the life that I am, you know, and even like based on my ex's occupation, like being prepared to be a military wife, he wasn't military, but like being prepared to be in a relationship where you are apart a lot of the time and you are dealing with very real life circumstances that are out of your control. Every single thing leading up to this has prepared me for this current life and friendships and relationships that I have. And ultimately for all the non healing that exists and healing that still has yet to, you know, come to fruition. It's all prepared me for this exact moment like as huh, like ooh, ah. as that is but that's honestly like when I really it's get to truth. thinking about it that's how I think about it in and
0: retrospect
1: like you look back you're I'm like so holy shit for every piece of it yeah same all the shit all the mud and muck the quagmire of it all yeah it is exactly what had to happen how it happened to get right. me here yeah wouldn't change a damn thing
0: same it's so powerful i love it and so for the last six months uh is it six months that brian's been deployed Mm -hmm. six yeah
1: he left september 4th on my birthday
0: yeah that's right (laughs) happy (laughs) birthday motherfucker (laughs) 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 and this is your first deployment yeah my first
1: my first deployment with him it's his fourth deployment right overall after yeah 13 years in the army right and Brighton was four months when he left she so yeah when he left Idaho so yeah let me uh, I'll clarify so he left Idaho um, September and yeah, September 4th he is actually um, he did eight years active duty with the army he was a paratrooper um, he was 82nd Airborne um, and then with the 173rd Airborne Brigade um, and did three combat deployments he has spent 33 months of his life in combat Um, twice to Afghanistan, once to Iraq. Gives me goosebumps all over my whole body. Oh, shit. I still can't even fathom the shit that he's been through. Um, Makes me love him and respect him all the more that he's who he is after Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, But now, after he left active duty, he joined the Oregon National Guard because we were obviously living in Oregon at the time. And even after we moved to Idaho, he remained with the Oregon Guard. Um, And so the way it all worked out, He left here. Um, The National Guard units, they, I don't even know what that ding was. Child yelling at things. I think it was the door. Oh, that. Um, But, uh, yeah, so he goes through, well, National Guard units, they go through training every year. And the way that they did it, knowing this deployment was coming up, they butted their annual training up against leaving for deployment so that it wasn't like coming and going and coming and going. Mm -hmm. So he did that. That's what he did in September. We got to see him at the end of September when they came back from that. Then they had the deployment ceremony, which is actually on his birthday on (laughs) September 28th. Happy birthday, motherfucker. Oh Shit. (laughs) Jesus. So that's when they actually, the unit actually left Oregon and then they went down to Fort bliss in Texas for another month of training. And then they actually left the country uh at the end of October. Okay. And that was the last time we actually saw him. So he saw her, she was 6 months old. And so it's actually been 4 months since we've been together as a family. Right. Um so he's over in the Middle East now. Thankfully this is not a combat deployment. Um He's safe. Yeah, I mean as as yeah, safe as you're going to be in the Middle East. <laughs> right. Um as an American soldier. Um but yeah, for all intents and purposes, this is a he kind of keeps calling it a hardship deployment because it does suck. He's Away from his family, and away, away from, from his, his family his and baby daughter, doesn't
0: have a day off. He's just kind of working. All oh the Jesus, time. yeah,
1: he'll get back and he'll be <laughs> sleep for a year and a half. It's fine. <laughs> He's like good to see you. Good night, pretty much. See you next year. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, how has that been? I mean, I mean, I know it's been, of course, being away from your love, yeah. and but really, I want to
1: ask about like having this baby, <laughs> <laughs> like you have an infant, yeah, ish. <laughs> it was, I mean, one of those things, and again, kind of like how life prepares you for things. Before you even know that's what it's doing. Yeah. Um, And I kind of go back to like our friendship where we had distance and time away, but we always somehow found our way back to each other. And um, even now, like in his civilian job, what actually took us to Idaho is he he is a government contractor. He contracts with the military to train soldiers. Um, So (laughs) screaming child. (laughs) Um, So his his job on the civilian side of the world, he actually trains soldiers to do what he does in the military. So there's right. actually civilian support that the military will call in to add training. Mm. Um, so that's what he does on the civilian side. So he's always kind of in and around the army. Um, but he travels a lot for that. So for the last two years that we've lived here, he's usually gone two weeks out of the month. And then another weekend on top right. of that to go back to Oregon, for drill with the National Guard unit that he's a part of. Mm. So I'm used to him being gone half yeah, the time. Yeah, it's like strengthen your like time apart muscle. It really has. Like it's, it has been the perfect training ground. Yeah. And I mean, like our daughter was born at the end of April. Um, He was here up until that point, but he, what was it? First week of June, he went on a like 10 day work trip. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, here we go training, you know, Mm -hmm. and here I am with like a one and a half month old learning how to do this. (laughs) Okay. Right. You know, and so it, it was just like an expansion of, yeah, that muscle that we had already been exercising. Yeah. And, uh. loud I think she's in a roller thing. yeah I think my daughter's like I think I probably had to go pee and crash. then he's like put her in the roller yeah, crash bandicoot out there she's the like
0: room. mommy Danny where are
1: you he's gonna crash through the wall kool-aid man she's like
0: too much masculine energy I
1: miss my girls <laughs> <laughs> come back crazy baby um but yeah so it, it trained us but all that to say yeah nothing can train you from you know going from two weeks to four yeah. months to six months yeah and another six months to go. yeah and then on top of that a 10-hour time difference yeah it's tricky that's that's been interesting you guys have done such a good job though of like
0: you literally do the absolute best that you ever could with that I mean you talk every day just about as much as we can you you FaceTime she knows who daddy is yeah even
1: if it's just for a few minutes that we can text back and forth and check in because his life gets busy and he's finishing his degree and I'm here with my life busy and a child that you know things are unpredictable and you know working still as much as i can and you know taking care of a house and dogs and silly just everyday stuff right and yeah and i think a lot of that also comes from just the two of us taking the time whether intentionally or not to get to know ourselves and know how we each operate right. and he's the one that's actually really good <laughs> screaming child now cool <laughs> um but he's the one that's also been through deployments before and he's never really been through a deployment with a significant other waiting back home like this. Right. It's new. Um, But he's also seen the pros and cons and the the good and the bad and the ugly of relationships during deployment. So he has that experience that he can then teach me. And so we we check each other a lot. Yeah. You know, and if things get a little hairy, you know, and he's better about it than I am because of just, you know, Enneagram 2, like push my needs to the, far back of yeah the list it's not a problem it's not a problem i'll, I'll deal with I'm it i I'm, L- I'm yeah fine. let me take care of you yeah and you know he kind of finds a way to like smack me on the forehead and be like hi yeah remember remember yourself take care yeah. of that too because you taking care of you helps take care of us mm-hmm. and helps everything and what do you think your number
0: one kind of like
1: self-care
0: tip would be or what have you done to nurture yourself mm-hmm.
1: I honestly, I don't know, I don't know, honestly, just because like I am an only child and I'm kind of in unintentionally drawing back to that. I have always kind of thrived being on my own, like doing my own thing and just kind of existing my world and, you know, swaying in and out of friend zones and stuff, but always coming back to just myself, you know, and I think, especially when he deployed so many of my friends here were like, you know, if you need anything or if you want to come over, if you want to stay the night. And I'm like, that sounds horrible.
0: You're like, I want to be by myself. Yeah. Like with I my actually, baby,
1: and I don't feel like in that sense, I don't feel lonely. I'm lonely for him. He is the only person that can fill that void in my life. It's not like I'm lonely and having friends or family come visit helps me feel less alone. And it's not that I feel alone, but he is the void in my life. No one else can fill that. And no one else should, in my opinion, for this particular, for our relationship, for our friendship. um. And so, yeah, in that respect, honestly, I think as far as like self-care goes, it's just been feeling the freedom to tell people thank you, but no, and really being able to just sink in and lean into this joyful solitude side of things. You know, it's, it's, it's two separate things. It's like, just because I'm enjoying the time, I mean, obviously I'm never alone because I have a baby, but for for all intents and purposes, Being able to give myself permission to enjoy this time alone and know that this is actually the arena that I thrive in. And that was always actually always a thing like with hiking with Brian for days on end and whatnot. That was always like that realization of like, wow, you are one of the only people in the world that I can be with for days on end and not feel away from myself. Mm. I actually always felt more myself with him. That's beautiful. And... Even like in his physical absence, like knowing that he's still there and I'm still there and we're still supporting each other, there is for all my insecurities, there's still that subconscious knowing that. Mm. Um. So I, yeah, as far as self care goes, I think it's learning that it's okay to tell people I'm okay by myself. Yeah, honestly. and I'm actually amazing. I'm actually honest to God, enjoying yeah this because the the alternative is to kind of sink into like oh woe is me, what do I do, and just yeah you know fritter away. No whatever and you know using it to like just work on little projects or read or watch the tv shows that, or write
0: like a blog post you have an amazing blog too (laughs) what's the name of your blog it's
1: the Uh, uh, beyond the 45th beyond the Forty Fifth. yeah it's it's set to private right now just because i have a lot of private stuff about my daughter's birth that i didn't want every every person in the world
0: but would you be open to mudlark listeners reaching out to you yeah it's it's like a
1: um wordpress oh god i don't remember what it is it's like i think it's like Lauren J. or okay. something like that we can
0: link it in the show notes yeah and if you want people if you want because it is private they could send you a message be like i listened to your episode yeah. and i would love to hear about your life more Yeah, like and i i actually like our listeners aren't creepy they're
1: cozy yeah i would say like <laughs> They're actually really fucking cozy. Ted Manson. Or, <laughs> Ted Manson Jesus. <laughs> Charles, Charles Manson hasn't listened to this podcast in years. You're I'm... like Marilyn Monroe. I'm like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> Who? Her too. That's why we edit things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, I haven't posted since pretty much Brighton was like a month old. Yeah. Um. My Instagram. I mean, my Instagram's private as well. But again. Right. Yeah. Feel free. Yeah. Because I generally like. Don't accept people I don't know, but yeah. If you if you say like, hey, I'm a mudlark listener, yeah, because that'll be that's, great. That's where I keep up things more often, and I'll write painfully long captions that so my, hus- wonder- that my husband my husband makes fun of me for. <laughs> but
0: it's basically your blog in a lot uh, of ways. Yeah, yeah, I like how you use Instagram, and
1: it's just it's quicker, it's easier because especially now I don't have time to like sit down, yeah, or energy to sit down and.
0: Can you send people a message on Instagram if you're not friends? Yeah. OK, so we'll link your Instagram in the show notes. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. if listeners, if you want to follow her on there, just send her a message saying I'm a Mudlark listener and oh, I love that she will probably accept you unless you.
1: That would mean. Yeah, that would mean a lot, actually. Yeah,
0: it'd be nice because then it. Yeah. You yeah, know, well, who it's like is. we've been
1: saying like I've made some really sweet friendships via Instagram. Yeah, like, it's a if you use it intentionally and whatnot, it's a really wonderful tool for connecting with people. Right. Well, it's like, I mean, like the shirt that I'm wearing today is because of an Instagram friend mm. who lost her daughter and it's to bring awareness to rare diseases. And- yeah, it's
0: amazing. What's her, what's her handle?
1: Uh, Rami Lynn. Okay. Um, uh, our, we'll link her in the show notes Yeah, too. Our, R-A-M-E-E-L-I-N, I believe. Um, she's wonderful and cozy and... She's just, she, she's she been through a lot. She's going through a lot, but she's just a lovely human. Um, and she lost her daughter. Yeah. She lost her daughter five years ago to a, a degenerative brain disease. Um, and she's just, I just, I'm, I've never met her in person, but, you know, we've messaged back and forth and I just marvel at her. She's just lovely and so she was doing can you talk about just like the shirt you're wearing you're wearing it right now right yeah february 20 well i don't know if it's the 29th because obviously this is leap day yeah um but yeah today happened to be the thing for rare disease and so she had her daughter mabel um passed away i believe five years ago it was um little girl i think she was five um and uh, Rami had started a sort of foundation. Uh, Mabel is able, and so the, the shirt that I'm wearing for this year's design says uh, "Rare Able," so it's you know rare diseases, but that you know still able. And she was selling these um, for the profits to help another bereaved mother that she is real life friends with mm. to pay for a headstone for her daughter. So um, amazing! Just for that for that closure to, wow. that comes with that. Yeah, we'll link her in the show notes. That's awesome. Sweet and Yeah, so yeah, I've got the shirt and then my daughter's wearing her little rare able onesie. So Um, sweet. It's yeah. Like again, Instagram, social media in general can be used for such amazing things and connection and feeling like you're not alone.
0: Absolutely. There's just so many that's I love fucking Instagram. When I am using it for good and not evil,
1: I love it. I do too. And it's like, I mean, and it's kind of like, it harkens back to like the blog days. Cause like, I mean, you and I both had blogs. Right. Cause um, so I, had, I had one previously that I kept up. um That is, it's public. It's still out there. It's like, I mean, it was called Above the 45th. Lord knows if it's still Googleable. Googleable? <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like two of my, again, dearest friends in the world I met, actually met in person. Eventually through them and their right. army wives, and it's funny because I met them before I ever met Brian, Ugh. and I remember actually talking to them and being like, "You guys won't believe I met an army guy. So I need weird. your advice again." Like things lining up to <laughs> yeah. teach you and be there for yeah. you. Yeah, so and weird. it's and it's neat because um, so we we met in person like 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. So no, 2012. I don't know. Long time ago. Yeah. Um, I can pretty much gauge. I, I I don't know. I gauge it by how old their children are at this point. Right. Um. And uh yeah, one of them, Jen, she and her husband actually just got uh, transferred from Fort Polk, Louisiana, to uh, Joint Base Lewis-McChord up in Washington. Oh, and so as they were driving through with their now four children, <laughs> I hadn't seen her since they only had two children and they were moving to Korea wow. um, six years ago. And uh, they came through Boise, and I got to see them oh, on their I way out. There. That. It was so cool. I didn't know you did that. That's yeah, awesome. it was neat. We met at Chick Fil A, and <laughs> like I you do, and I know. as one does. Yeah, yeah. Her trail children were running around. I brought my baby and yeah, it all just came so, wonderfully, so crazy. wonderfully full circle. And I love it. Yeah. I actually met Jen. Her husband was deployed at the time when we all met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in Portland. My, my folks were in the Bay area. And so it was three of our friends. It was myself, Jen and Kate. Uh, Kate and her husband were stationed on the central coast of California, at Fort Ord at the time. Uh, Jen and her husband, Steve were stationed. Oh God, where were they? Were they at Campbell? I think they were at Fort Campbell, um, back East. And they only, Jen had two kids at the time. Kate only had two kids at the time. They both have four children now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kate said, well, if you're going to be visiting your folks in the Bay Area, I'm only three hours South. Do you want to come visit? Hey, Jen, do you want to fly out? Oh my God. So Jen, while her husband's deployed, she basically like threw her two children, her mom flew from, fort campbell to san francisco i picked her up at san francisco international airport met her for the first time at baggage claim oh my god we hopped in the car and drove three hours south and stayed for like two or three days at kate's house all of us meeting for the first time that day oh that's (laughs) crazy yeah and we've been friends ever since i love it yeah Yeah. so they've definitely helped me as far as like army wives go and like Mm -hmm. you know like especially when all the iran stuff was happening um a few weeks ago i was just in a blind panic not knowing and Bless his heart, Brian. Even if even if there was a crazy thing happening, he wouldn't tell me. Like, right? He didn't want to scare you. Yeah, like well, like I've told you, like his own mother didn't even know he got blown up in Afghanistan until three years after the fact. Right? Because uh, he didn't want to worry her. Mm-hmm. um But I remember texting Jen and Kate, and I was just like, I know this isn't like the same as knowing your husband's in a combat situation, but how do you deal with this anxiety? How do you deal with this worry? what like what do I do I'm literally losing sleep over this right. I'm so scared and both of them were essentially like we're the wrong people to ask yeah we worry all the time but for what it's worth we'll pray for him you take a break yeah you know, good friend. and that was i mean that's all you can do yeah that's all you can do and it's so important to take, build community to take, around yeah, take, that take that burden from someone yeah yeah let them know in that sense like you're not alone we're we not alone we got you girl we're freaked out too yeah pretty much
0: yeah i like to just for ending the show like to ask two questions to all of our listeners the first thing i want to ask you is what is the biggest challenge
1: in your life right now mm. your biggest personal challenge Hmm. I would say, I mean, aside from just getting over my own insecurities relationship wise, which again, like I've told you, like have nothing to do with my husband. It's all in my own healing. I it's, I, mean, I don't even want to downplay it, but my, my instinct is like try to downplay as silly as it sounds getting not even, I don't want to say comfortable in my postpartum body, but getting back to where I I would like to be and just honestly like the physical toll that pregnancy and postpartum and life the last few months is I've allowed to take on my body right I would like to get back to where I am because I know that for myself and for my daughter's sake I don't want her to ever see me looking in the mirror and like sucking it in and even non-verbally, letting her know that I have insecurities. Yeah, and it's a big, being a and confident kind of, mama. Yeah, and it's kind of like that anxiety that I have that I don't want her to see that kind of thing in yeah. me. And so I was like, "Oh shit!" Like she's almost a year old. I need to nip this in the bud now. Yeah, and it's a constant thing. Like literally, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is like lift my shirt and like double check to see how skinny I feel that morning, and that's right. sick. Right, that's sick.
0: You don't want to be in that place. I don't want to be there. You want to just feel good. Yeah, yeah, and you will get there. I'm gonna feel I, that. I just need to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I just need to fucking do it. Dude. Yeah. Lock that shit down. Yeah. And what are you most proud of about who you are? Mm. I
1: don't know. Um, Proud. Well, I mean, just like in the most like (laughs) visceral sense, my child is yelling. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm proud that I have a daughter. I'm proud that I have a relationship that, means something to me and is you know worth working on I'm proud that I that I believed that it could happen Mm -hmm. you know and it's I mean I'm proud that like somewhere in my instinct I felt the need to just wait I, I that's I think something I kept hearing like between my previous big relationship and Brian it was wait wait, hold fast and wait. And I'm really proud that I kind of stuck to that and didn't settle mm. because it would have been really easy. I think to be like, Oh, this is almost good enough. This, you right, know, this is good I, enough. Yeah. Like I could, I could be happy with yeah. this person. This would be nice. Right. And I'm, I, I, it makes me sad almost to think of like, what would have happened I know. if I had, what you would have missed. Yeah. And, and Brian was the one that Made the call and, like, stepped out and asked me to be his. I never would... I honestly... You're like,
0: thank God.
1: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I honestly don't think I ever would have ever stepped up to ask him, do you want to take this right to a different level than just our friendship? Yeah. Um, because I was so afraid and it just... It makes me so sad to think of what I would have missed out on. Right. And altogether, all I'm just... I'm really proud that I waited. Yeah. And didn't settle. That there was some worth in there. Yeah, because everything i look around and see my child my marriage my friendships you yeah it's because i waited
0: oh i love that more than anything (laughs) it's so great well thank you so much for coming on the show i love you so much and we'll have links for people to connect with you and yeah i'm just so grateful for everything you are thank you ditto (laughs) (laughs) Bye. bye Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Be sure to connect with Lauren over on Instagram. Just remind her to send her a message. Let her know you are a Mudlark listener, and she will most likely approve your request. And yeah, if you have not rated or reviewed the show yet, please do so on iTunes. That is what helps Mudlark get into more ears and more hearts, and it just means so much to me. So thank you so much. I will see you guys next week with a solo episode. Love you lots. Bye.